Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of At The Bar. I'm your host, Brad Marshall. And through these conversations, we just get a chance to talk about health, fitness, and mindset. Today, I'm joined with Thomas. So Thomas, thanks so much for taking some time to join us today. Thanks for the invite. I'm excited to dive into learning a little bit more about you and what you're up to these days, but let's kick it off with just you explaining or giving as much detail as you'd like and helping our folks understand who is Thomas. Give us a little bit about your background. Uh, complicated question there. Um, so I'm Thomas. Uh, I've been a part of the team myology for, oh man, I don't know how long it's been. Um, I've known Vince through Lindsay Schaff uh, at least since 2016, 2017 or so. Um, I mean, that's how we've interacted before is going through team myology as well um and just competing alongside at a lot of different competitions but myself in general I'm a athletic trainer um through right now through Nobon and that's kind of where I met up with a lot of people um started well well I, I know you like to ask uh where you guys started and stuff from there but um was in at East Carolina for a good couple of years, did my undergrad and graduate there for athletic training, then exercise physiology. That's where I met a lot of people from Raleigh, a lot of people from Greenville. That's how I met Vince to get with team myology as well. Um, been competing in CrossFit since I want to say 2016, 2017, but I've been doing it since 2015. Uh, after my time at school, came back to Charlotte where I grew up. Um, there was an opportunity out there at a company that I've always wanted to work with and had the enjoyment of working there for two years before I was offered a higher position where I am now currently the athletic trainer with a professional sports team of a NASCAR team, NASCAR Cup Series. So I'll split time between the NASCAR team. I do athletic training services there. I do sports performance training with them. And I'll go out and I'll venture out in our performance facility through the hospital where we do a lot of sports performance training as well. On top of high school coverage, um, typical athletic trainer job, you can do everything and they make you do everything. And your, your schedule is never consistent with it. So the flexibility and adaptability is fantastic. Um, but as a general overview, that's who I am. That's awesome. And there's a lot of pieces within that that I'm yeah. really excited to dive into and learn a little bit more about. And so we already got a taste of you're in the CrossFit community, part of Team Myology. Uh, so using CrossFit as your opportunity to compete locally. I'd love to hear a little bit about your fitness journey. So you said you did your undergrad at East Carolina. What did it look like for you going through those, you know, high school, college, after college years? How did you either stay in shape or come to find fitness? That's the fun part. Um, I used to not ever be in shape. I was one of those quite chunky, quite not the healthiest person, especially going through high school. Um, so it all started. I was hockey player up north, um, but that's youth athletics through there. Did all the normal things that kids do, soccer, baseball, hockey. It just happened to be a thing. My dad coached, which was phenomenal. Came down here to the South, uh, in North Carolina and Charlotte. And it turns out that ice time and hockey is not as popular in the South. So it makes it hard. Um, the neighborhood pool was in our backyard 
uh, growing up. And my parents said, hey, you are going to either take swim lessons or you're going to join the swim team, but you are going to learn how to swim. And I said, well, I hate swim lessons, so I guess it's the swim team. And had a phenomenal coach there who just sparked that passion for swimming. I became a swimmer at a young age, took that through year-round swimming uh, all the way through high school, um, but never really enjoyed the lifting, the fitness side of things. I was fast in the water, outside, not so much. Um, and I never put two and two together that life outside the pool would have really helped with life inside the pool. Um, so in high school, I was 255 pounds, six feet, and not much muscle to me. Um, but that's when I kind of started, honestly, didn't think that was too much of a problem. And my family decided, hey, we're going to do Weight Watchers and we're going to stick together. We're going to do a weight loss program. And I said, well, I don't need that. But you know what? The family wants to do it. Then we're going to do it as a family. Um, joined Weight Watchers, went from 255 down to 225, I believe, in my first year. So about 30 pounds. And that instantly sparked uh, the interest for everything, health, fitness, lifting, trying to achieve better goal setting. I mean, everything came together. Life outside the pool helped life inside the pool. Um, so went to college at East Carolina. First two years, just did the student recreation center. Um, didn't know much about CrossFit at the time, but just wanted to try to keep getting better myself. Um, but didn't know a lot about lifting and fitness in general. I just knew that the harder I work in a gym, the better I eat outside of it, the better the results look. So coming back from college for one summer and my mother was like, hey, you're really interested in the fitness world. There's this new thing out there called CrossFit. And funny enough, my CrossFit journey started with a Groupon. So there was a local gym that had a group on and said, hey, you know, you get two weeks of free membership. I think it was like 30 or 40 bucks or something. And my mom bought it for me as a gift and was like, hey, if you like it, awesome. If you don't, whatever. Uh, and that was a local gym here, CrossFit Pineville that actually had it in Charlotte. And day one, I don't know what's what made me do it, but I went to the 6 a.m. class and loved it. I mean, day one, it was, we learned proper pull-ups. We learned slam ball and what else did we do? Maybe a deadlift, like super simple, easy hinge motion. You get a little bit of power with the slam ball, but everything that's super simple and it just, it clicked. There was something in you that was just like, okay, new goals, new way of thinking about things. We're going to do this. Um, went back to school, knew I couldn't afford the membership. Um, at school. I mean, as an athletic training student, you literally can't work. Your job is school and your clinical hours. Um, so I teamed up with the local gym, CrossFit Tier 1, and I said, look, I can't afford the membership, but I want to work here. And I said, but I don't know what I need to do, and I don't know how I need to do this, but I'm willing to give it whatever it takes. And I'm so lucky that the owners there were phenomenal. At the time, it was Brandon Johnson and Neil Woolard um phenomenal people they're just like we'll take you in whatever it takes and they taught me to coach with Brent Jameson who's now up in Wisconsin um they took me in they showed me how to coach they eventually ended up letting me coach after I got my CSCS 
Um, they showed me how to work out and that's what sparked the whole CrossFit journey from there. It wasn't until a, maybe about a year into CrossFit, I, you know, seeing people who like to do events, um, did a charity event that was fantastic. And I said, Hey, I want to compete. And our coach, Brandon slash gym owner, he looked at me and goes, you look like a wet cat. There's no way you're going to compete. Um, I was at the time 195 pounds. So dropping from 255 to 195 um, was a huge difference. And I didn't want to go back up in that weight process. But again, through the community of a gym, people in the gym were like, all right, well, here's how we're going to eat well. And I was able to learn how to eat better. Went from 195. And I think I worked my way up to 215 very slowly, put on the weight, started competing. Um, a good buddy of ours, uh, Aaron Drummond, was a coach at the at the gym. He teamed me up with one of my best friends now, Lindsey Shaw, also on Team Myology. Um, and we were the only ones who competed with each other and just started competing. And it was two, almost two years, if not just over two years before we even saw a podium. Um, but it was just the process of learning to lift, learning to eat, learning how CrossFit worked learning to coach, learning the movements that it just kept building on itself. And so here I am now after a Groupon, after Weight Watchers, after learning what CrossFit is, I'm on Team Myology, um, Wadapalooza 2020, we qualified the Wada Elite. Um, we're contending for semifinals. Our gym just sent a team to Granite Games just this past year. I mean, so countless sanctionals, whatever you want to call it, regionals, even aging myself here um semifinals and it's just going to all these events is phenomenal all the local competitions which is fantastic and to think that it all started from a group on from an overweight kid in high school mm -hmm. man i i love so many pieces of that journey that you shared and everybody's fitness journey is so unique mm -hmm. and you talked about something that you know just sparked you and it, it was as simple as working with your family, having a community structure and, and seeing some of the results. So I'm, I'm curious if you would unpack that, that spark maybe a little bit more for us, because I think so many people are either looking for that or trying to figure it out, or how do I go about changing my life or making decisions that are going to help me feel fitter, healthier, et cetera. And, and for you, you said there was this spark working with your family and that helped to propel you to where you are now. Uh, care to open up about that spark or what was it about that particular experience? Yeah, I mean, great question and also complicated question. Yeah. It's how everyone's looking for like that why and mm -hmm. it's it's a hard question. You, you hear that any motivational video, any textbook that you're reading, it's okay, what's your why? Mm -hmm. And you can you can dive into that all day long. Um, but it's not until you really realize what your why is um or what that means to you i mean your why could be i want to keep up with my kids growing up or i want to compete on a national stage it could be as easy as my doctor said i'm unhealthy and i want to extend my life mm -hmm. but until you can connect that to something in your life that that's where that spark comes from you can write down on a page you know your top three goals all day long and just try to gun for it but you've got to connect it to that emotional piece. And so for me, 
it started with my family and wanting to do Weight Watchers and wanting to better our, our life, better our health, and in turn lose some weight. But that goal sparked another goal of, well, I really like the results I'm getting from health and fitness, which sparked a new goal of, okay, how far can I take that to now I'm getting the results, I'm getting the body composition, I'm getting stronger, I feel great, I wake up and, you know, I don't have that bloated feeling, I don't feel slow that whole time, which sparked another like, oh, if I manipulate this one thing, what else can I manipulate and make it better? And again, that just compounds on itself, like one goal lasted us, I mean, I started with Weight Watchers, and we took that a year, maybe, at most. And then that went to, okay, I'm liking the results. Well, how do I get better? You know, and then I found CrossFit. Well, how do I get better? Well, my goal quickly switched to, okay, I'm going to learn these Olympic lifts or I'm going to learn these movement patterns. And, you know, that goal lasted for, we'll say a month just to make a short-term goal. Well, now I want to know how far I can take this and let's compete. So your goals are going to constantly change, but every time there was that new goal, there was an emotional piece behind it. And you won't always find that right away, but having that emotional piece is that spark. And for me, it constantly changed. And for most people, it will constantly change too. And that's just what makes it fun is finding that emotional piece of what drives you with it. Yeah. Something I love that you said there is tapping into that why that we have mm -hmm. and how powerful that can be. And we do see so many people connect to that. And the thing that I love too, is that that why can change over time. So what might Absolutely. start with that initial movement in the direction you want to go is one thing, but as you start to get further along the process, that why can change. And I love that using that as some of that uh, motivation to stay either disciplined or consistent and whatever those goals are is really cool. And so along those lines, you know, you, you said you've achieved a number of accolades when it comes to the competing side. So when you think about what your current goals or intentions are when it comes to your fitness and your health, what are some of the things that you're striving for or that are continually generating that spark in you? Right now, honestly, it's like a really good work-life balance, but progressing my work to where it can be. Um, love competing, still want to keep competing. It's been a while uh, since that Wadapalooza that we've really been out there. But the new spark is how far can I take my career? So with uh, where I'm at now, I mentioned, you know, I'm working with Novant as an athletic trainer and most of my week is spent with a professional cup series team in NASCAR. It's how, how well can I provide for them? What new techniques that maybe they haven't seen for recovery can I add to them? Um, the coolest part that really sparks me is a lot of guys on the team are huge into lifting. Some of them are into CrossFit and then recovery. And they'll come in, they'll be like, hey, what do you think about this? Or, hey, what do you know about this? Sometimes in their mind, they already know what the answer is and they want to see how much I know or how much I'm willing to go into it. And other times they're honestly curious and it's that bouncing back and forth, um, finding the people that you like to do it with it. And I took my spark of health and fitness and turned it into an education and then turned that into a professional career path. And so again, like we've been talking about that spark, that emotional connection the whole time and everything has changed. That goal is now working. How well can I make 
my job work for me and how far can I take that? Um, which keeps that spark changing. Mm. And like you were mentioning before, you need that why you need that spark that people are looking for. And I think the biggest part of all of this is you have to know that it's okay to change. It's okay to change your goal. It's okay to change that spark that comes behind it. It's okay to have one goal one month and a new goal the next month, um, as long as that's keeping your passion going forward with it. Mm. And that willingness to change is, I think, what will really help keep people motivated rather than, well, I've got to grind it out for a year to two years, uh, whatever that means, you know, staying up late or waking up early or getting as much in as I can. Um, but your goals are allowed to change and you're allowed to change with it, which is fantastic. Yeah, I love that idea of changing, constantly evaluating. Is this actually mm-hmm. the direction I want to go? And is it worth what I'm putting in, whether it's a time, energy, effort component? Because like you said, sacrifices have to be made. We only have so many hours in the day. If I have a very specific goal that's fitness related, competing or reaching a certain level, well, there's going to be some time dedicated to get there. If I have a certain career aspiration, there's going to be some time that's going to be required to get there. And so I'm curious, you know, when you start looking at that, how you structure your day or what your fitness routine looks like, obviously it's changed over time. Uh, Maybe compare and contrast a little bit when you were a little bit more focused on the competing side, what did your training look like then? And now having a career focus, but still wanting to make sure you're taking care of yourself and your own Mm -hmm. fitness what does your training or fitness look like now? And how have those contrasted over time? I'm, I'll be honest. Um, I have the privilege of being able to train and work out as part of my job. Now, part of that is also I, that spark of health and fitness has carried me along. along. Um, they always say, you know, if you have a passion, make it work for you. And that means you're going to do your passion for work. And so with health and fitness, I was able to find a career path and something that I enjoy that not only challenges me and and makes me go farther, but I'm allowed to work out during it. So I think the better, the better question would actually be, how did my training work for me before to how it is now? And it's wildly different. And as we grow and they, we're always talking about your training age compared to your actual age as my training age has progressed and I've you know, been in training a lot longer, it's about working smarter with it. So previously when I was in school and even my early years of competing or learning CrossFit, everything was in the gym, like got to be in the gym as much as I can, got to lift as much as I can, got to go as hard as I can. The, the very early stages of CrossFit, how we like to think about everything and being a grad student slash being in college, you got that working for you. I mean, you could go to the gym six, seven hours, you don't miss a beat. You're staying up late, still having social hour because you can recover overnight being 18 to 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like all that dedicated time. And while I was in school, I had a training partner who was like, look, it's not about how much you can do, but it's about how smart can you do it? So it's that age old saying of, you know, work smarter, not harder. So compared to now, uh, how my training goes, I still train four, five, maybe six days if you count the active recovery day a week. Um, and it works within the schedule. I don't have the same flexibility I did during the during my grad school and my early years, but I still make it work towards me. And it's about having that goal 
you know, everything's going back to that goal setting. So previously in school, it was how much, how hard, how heavy can we go? Now it's about, okay, my gymnastics are not the greatest. Let's work on an EMOM. Let's do a, a grip strength training workout. That's going to challenge my gymnastics. I'm going to learn what my capacity is now. And I'm going to learn what works for me in a set. You know, if I've got a, a workout that's got a hundred toes to bar, can't go hundred unbroken, but I know at least now I can do sets of 10. So I'm going to have to break it up. Um, and it's finding that one goal, that one stimulus that has allowed me to keep training at the intensity and the level that we're at now, um, compared to just trying to get as much as I can in, you know, more is not always better. Like I thought in grad school or when I was in the early training. So really going back to your question of compare and contrast, the, the mindset behind why am I training and what is my goal for today compared to what is the goal for the long term um, has really changed. And that's what has allowed me to balance working crazy hours with how much of my training is still going on um, right now. Yeah, I, some things I heard you say there that I really appreciate is understanding what not only your goals are, but then also understanding like what can my body handle and tolerate Absolutely. and knowing that those folks in their teenage years or even in those early twenties, it's like, man, they just seem to bounce right back and be ready for oh, class yeah. the next day. And then you hit thirties and you start to realize the body does some different things. And then you continue, you know, to progress even later. And like you said, you got to have this idea of working smarter not harder mm -hmm. and along with that is the mentality piece and that's something I'm always fascinated to dive into and learn a little bit more about and so thinking about what you just said your training has shifted um, the goals the outcome goals are a little bit different than they used to be was that a challenging process for you to go through of I just competed at Wadapalooza with the most elite teams in CrossFit. A year and a half, two years later, am I in the same boat? Am I in a different boat? I know I've made choices and decisions to change where my fitness is. Walk us through that mindset shift, if you will, and how did you go about navigating that? I think it's it always stays with you. Um, there are days now where I'm like, I, I wonder if I could still compete at that level. And then there are other days where I'm like, oh, I still have it or I've gotten a lot better. Ah. And the, the mentality of shifting my training um, just came with time, came with training with other partners, going through different programming, learning what does work for me and what does not work for me. Um, over the years, I've learned that heavy volume just doesn't suit well for me. I can't do two, three hours of training, come back, do two, three hours of training a day. I can't do a heavy back squat on Monday and turn around and do a one RM clean and jerk on Tuesday, whereas some people might be able to do that. But I can do, you know, and I'm, I'm big into the nervous system training. I can do a heavy back squat Monday. Tuesday is going to be more of a cardio, maybe gymnastics, maybe just more technique. I'm still getting my hour, hour and a half of training throughout the day somehow in there. Um, but then knowing that Wednesday or Thursday, I can come back to that heavy lift and finding the program that works for you uh, has really helped. But the shift in the mentality, I think that just came with the training age. Um, just learning that 
you know, this is what's working for me and I need to stay with that. And then keeping those goals. Okay, I have goals of still competing on, on the national stage or the international stage. How do I want to get there and what works for me? So it's combining all of the, the learning that we've done through the years. You know, okay, heavy volume doesn't work for me, but I can dissect each day into particular goals. That works. And I know I need to work on my capacity to get up to that level or just to be able to, you know, mentally push through or work out it when I need to on certain days to stay at that level as well. The, it, the same thing, you know, every day is going to be different of today. I don't feel like I'm on my best game. Okay. What did I do yesterday? What did I do last week that may have affected that? And then there are days where I feel on top of it. And I'm like, let's go sign up for Wadapalooza. You know what? I could make it to the games. Let's, let's go sign up for the games and that constant ebb and flow with it. And you, you know, you got to ride the highs when those days feel good, not meaning you can add more volume, but just know that, Hey, you accomplished your, your goal for the day. And then when you hit those lows, um, it's figuring out why. And a big thing that we like to do uh, with all of my training partners and all the gym that we go to, even with my wife is we're like, okay, well, why did we feel we didn't do well? Was it, did we come out too hot? Was it, did we go too, too big on a set? Um, did we misread the goal that we wanted to do for the day and bringing back to, okay, what did we learn from this situation? How can we make it better? so that we can keep um, achieving those goals with it. And that mentality really just, it came with time and it came with talking with people and it came from looking at other training styles as well. Mm. Yeah, and something I heard, especially at the end there, this idea of continuing to have that, that learning mentality, some people Always. refer to it as that, that white, belt, white belt mentality of how can I continue to grow, evolve, change, and be open mm -hmm. to that? What can I learn, take away, never, sort of reach that endpoint pinnacle. We're always striving for what's next and having that mentality of, hey, there's good days and bad days and we ride that wave along the path mm -hmm. is always really important too. And along those lines, I'm curious to see how does that mentality play out in the community environment? And I'm always fascinated by this because in the CrossFit community, we have the whiteboard or where you put your scores in. And, and you said that, you know, you're part of a gym that is very competitive, sending teams and athletes to really high level competitions. And you yourself have competed at that level. And how do you go about going in each day and kind of running your own race, if you will, of, hey, there's some really fit people in this gym who are going to probably put up some really good scores. And that can get in my own head of, I'm not doing enough, I should do something better or different or whatever it might be. So how do you balance that? How do you kind of run your race knowing that you have your own goals? Maybe they have theirs, but we're all still in the same community. And we've got that little whiteboard that we can go to to oh, see yeah. like where we rank and where we stack up. Uh, you have to change where you're, what, what whiteboard you're looking at. Let's put it that way. Hmm. Every gym is going to have your whiteboard, your sugar wad, your Wattify hmm. of, you know, all right, who won today's workout? Well, okay, so this person won today's workout. Well, we know that they lift heavy, so they won. Or, oh, it's, today's a running workout. Yeah, the fastest person's gonna, gonna win. But changing to, okay, the whiteboard's not always who did it the fastest or who did it the heaviest, but who did it with the goal that was in mind. 
And I think that really comes down to the community that you involve yourself with. And you're big on the community. I've heard a lot of your podcasts where you talk about just surrounding yourself with the right people. And I, it's, it's huge how you do that. I love the gym we're at, every gym I've been to. There's a reason that we've signed up and been members at every single one. The friends that we compete with, the people that we interact with really matters. And that really helps to change your mindset around it. Um, the, the friends I, I train with, even our gym owner, uh, Kevin Steinhouse, who really focuses in on what was that goal for the day. So yes, we have Wattify where you can see who lifted the most or who went the heaviest, but he'll come back and he'll say, well, the stimulus was going unbroken on your double unders. Did you achieve that? Well, well, I tripped once, but things happen. Or no, I went too hot on the first one. So I actually had to break in my later rounds. Well, okay. Even though you won the workout, you didn't hit the goal for the day. And it's not berating you as to, hey, you didn't do what I told you to do. It's, well, again, going back to what did we learn? Did we learn that we should have maybe spared the double unders a little bit more or focused on that one mindset? Um, or did our, we let our egos get to us and just chase that top of the leaderboard for the day? And so surrounding yourself with the right people um, and knowing how to change the whiteboard in your own head of what you want to compete with is really a big, big part of the training and just keeping things going with it. I love that. And I feel like that's something I've heard from a number of folks is the ability to run your own race starts with what is the goal or intention of this session? So while Absolutely. we might have those goals down the road of I want to work towards or achieve a certain lift or a certain place on the podium, like what am I focused on just here today? And knowing that if we hit that mark, I can give myself that pat on the back of maybe my time isn't the top of the leaderboard, but for me for today, what was important and did I achieve that or not? So I think that's a really, uh, I love that insight as well from you of when you're surrounded by a lot of great people, it means you're going to continue to get better, but we also have to sort of protect and insulate ourselves from always negatively comparing ourselves to everyone else too. It is shifting. And I like how you use the word negatively on there. It's shifting your mindset, not from, okay, what was the bad of what happened today? But what did I learn and how can I make this better? So it's not always that that negative aspect is going to be bad. Okay, I wasn't top on the whiteboard today, as we've been talking about, but I achieved the goal. I did my double unders unbroken, which was the point. And I've learned, hey, I know I can do sets of 50. Uh, on my double unders, um, even though now my handstand pushups are taxed or something. And so changing that from, okay, I didn't do this correctly, that negative aspect, but now it's, I achieved this one part of what I was going for. And that was the goal. So now I've learned from this process. Yeah. And that's something I've, I've always loved using with athletes too, who are trying to figure out what's the best way to think about or evaluate workouts, training sessions, or just things that they're striving towards is the good, better, how approach, what went well, what could go better. And then identifying that, how that process of, of how we can work towards that. And that's it's so yeah. something so simple as that can be really powerful. So it sounds wow. like that's something that you're implementing on a very consistent basis over there. Trying. And again, coming down to that training age and just surrounding you with the right people, you know, um, not every day, 
and I'm sure, you know, you can relate to it, that you're going to have that mentality in your head of, okay, like I messed up, but you know, what did I do? How could I do it better? And why did that happen? Um, and that's where that community support of someone's going to bring you back to be like, okay, well, let's look at this. Remember, we've got to learn what did we learn from this. Mm-hmm. Um, so surrounding yourself with the right people and taking that learning approach as you were talking yeah. is always crucial. Yeah. And something I'm, I'm curious of, given your background and the profession that you're in, as well as your own experiences with training, this idea of when to push intensity. Um, it's something that we constantly are pushing out of, of the CrossFit space as, hey, it's important to challenge yourself, push yourself enough that we're going to see some adaptation, but also not killing ourselves to the point that I can't wake up and go to work the next day. And I think with most folks in the space, they are on that after 30-year-old mark where figuring out when do I push the gas? When do I throttle back? And I give, I would imagine given your current role as an athletic trainer, like that's something that you're dealing with consistently too, of how are people feeling? How are they showing up? How much do we push? How much do we not push? What sort of either tips or ways that you've come to think about intensity when to, Hey, I I feel great today. Like I really want to push it and see if I can achieve a certain mark or Hey, today's maybe not the day for it. What have you come to find that works well either for you or with those that you work with on the uh, NASCAR team? Experience. Um, you know, the day after when you've pushed too hard, you're like, Oh, I can't sit today. That's not good. (laughs) And when you work on your feet all day long, you can't do that. Um, relating it to my NASCAR team, you know, they not only do the cup series on Sundays, but they do truck and Xfinity series, which can be a Friday, Saturday, or a double header on Saturday. And a lot of their training right now is, uh, CrossFit based as well. And they love to compete. And so it's, you know, they'll go in on Tuesday or Wednesday and they'll try to beat the person next to them or beat the whole thing so that, you know, they can brag about it for the next few days. But you know, it's constantly reminding them like, Hey, is this, is this going to help you come Saturday, Sunday? Um, or is this just for here and now? So what have I learned from, from doing that? It's changing how intensity is defined to you. You know, I can go intense on a workout, uh, Fran, for example, and 21, 15, nine, go as fast as you can. You're going to be breathing hard at the end and you're probably going to be on the ground for 10 minutes, but those, two, three, five minutes, you know, was really intense or is my intensity. I want to make sure that I can go intense on handstand pushups, something that's always been a weakness of mine. Uh, my main focus is going to be the intensity on handstand pushups. I'm going to go as far as deep as I can on these sets. And if that means my time is three minutes slower on another workout, you know, if we're going to relate it, Diane, uh, deadlifts and handstand pushups, deadlifts are a great strength for me. Handstand pushups are not. So my intensity, uh, depending on the day, would be, all right, let's see if I can do 21 unbroken, 15 unbroken. If I can't, oh, well, I did that. And so redefining what intensity is each day uh, has really helped. And just knowing what's the big picture as well. You have individual goals for the day. You have big pictures. If I'm competing on a weekend, I know, you know if I'm going to do a Saturday and a Sunday event, I can't go too hard on Saturday. I don't want to test how deep on my handstand pushups I can go if I've got to do push press or push ups on Sunday. And 
experience always comes down to that. Um, and just knowing what is my intensity for that day? Is it going to be my heart rate? Is it going to be my gymnastics? Is it going to be my breathing? You know, what's that intensity going to be? Yeah. And once again, I have one thing I appreciate about that is being able to define it for yourself as challenging. That might be, you know, especially in a class with people around you all moving at different paces is figuring out once again, Hey, what is the intensity level that I should be tuned into this, uh, this particular one. And it's like, anybody can be laying on the floor after a workout because everybody can push to whatever extent that might be, but figuring out, is that appropriate? Is that where I actually want to be spending my, my effort and figuring out those specific sets or the reps or the movements that this is where the focus needs to be. So let's crank up the intensity for that. And then let's dial it back for some of those other pieces, which is really helpful. I think for folks. Yeah, you can keep the intensity in there. It's, you know, no one's saying that you have to, today's got to be a slow day. It's where do you put your intensity to it? And what is your intensity? Is your intensity, as we were speaking, Fran, going to be as hard as you can, jack the heart rate up, jack the breathing up? Or is your intensity going to be, okay, I want to make sure that my last round in this 30-minute AMRAP is the same time as my first round? Mm -hmm. And defining where that intensity is uh, really helps with that level change, like you were talking about. Yeah. And along with intensity, something that I'm curious, because I know, I think you're pretty passionate about as well is, is this idea of recovery. So mm-hmm. we want to push ourselves, we want to notice changes, adaptations, we want to challenge ourselves. At the same time, we want to make sure we are prepared to go to work, do all the family things and be ready for the workout the next day. So finding this like ebb and flow balance between intensity and working out and recovery is important. I imagine in in your line of work, that's incredibly important as well. So when it comes to recovery, I'm just curious, what is your recovery or things that you've come to find that work really well for you? Because you work really long hours, you still Uh getting your fitness in, and then you got to be ready to go do that again the next day. And you're helping people understand that as well. So for you, what are some of the things that you found that you really appreciate or like when it comes to recovery to being ready to go the next day? I like learning, um, whether that's I learned what I did wrong Mm. by not being able to wake up the next day feeling the greatest or what I did right, knowing that, hey, I pushed it yesterday and today I feel good. Um, I like manipulating the data, uh, big into the whoop game. And And I I see you consistently posting about that. Always, always. Um, To me, it's just an external way of visualizing or categorizing how I'm doing recovery with that. Mm. Personally, it's it's very hard with how I do with my job. You know, briefly going back to what we've talked about this whole time of goal setting. I know my goal right now is pushing my progression and that work-life balance. You know, when I leave work, am I still able to do the things I like to do as well? Um, But then I'm going to need my recovery on top of that. So I know if I've got to get up, there are some days I'm up at four o'clock in the morning, ready to go to work for 35 o'clock. The night before I've got to get to sleep early. I know I want my six, seven, eight hours of sleep going through there. Um, and that's my experience knowing that, okay, if I'm up at four, I need to make sure I'm in bed eight thirty, nine o'clock to get some kind of sleep with that. Um, other things I like just creating a routine as best as I can staying with in what I can control. 
I can't control what time my team's going to practice. I can't control someone called out. I've got to go cover that high school. So now I'm going to work early morning and late at night. Um, but I can control how much I'm going to do a workout. You know, if it's going to be a long day, I know I'm stressing my body for 12, 15 hours already. Uh, maybe I should not go do a one RM clean and jerk or back squat or go hit a friend or Diane. I'm going to go do a, uh, interval rowing. You know, it's still going to be intense. I'm still going to get a sweat. I'm still going to get my, my breath work up, but I'm not going to tax my nervous system. Um, and just manipulating data from there uh, in the recovery points. I've done experiments with Beam, you know, on my own, bought a Beam product, spent 30 days comparing that to how it affected my recovery. Um, I've manipulated my workouts. You know, there was a whole month, two months where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to listen to my whoop and I'm going to say, okay, if I'm in the green, I'm going to do a high intensity workout. If I'm in the yellow, I'm going to do a moderate. Um, I'll do a bodybuilder accessory day and manipulating the workouts, see how that affects my, how I feel the next day, how it affects my muscle growth, my body composition, how it affects my sleep. Um, and even out things outside of the gym, learning what alcohol does help. I'm a human being. I like to enjoy social activities. Brown liquor doesn't suit well. So if I'm going to do that, I make sure that, you know, the next day, either I'm going to know that I'm not going to be on top of it and I'm okay with that. Or maybe tonight's not the best night to have one of those drinks. Whereas white wine, I seem like I can be okay with that. So one to two glasses of white wine, I can have a nice date night out with my wife and I'm not going to be sacrificing a lot of other things with it. And that manipulation, that experimentation with it, putting the numbers to it has one, been one of my biggest enjoyments with recovery. Yeah, I, it's funny, the fact that, you know, Brent Fikowski is known as the professor for the way he mm -hmm. meticulously takes apart workouts. I feel like that would be a great nickname given the analytical mind that you have around not just performance and recovery, but around the whole piece of it, understanding how everything plays a role and how it's all influenced by each other and that you can manipulate and change all these different factors to figure out really what works best for you and realizing there's, there's probably not one right way. And if you are in that boat of, I got to do it this way because I saw so-and-so do it on Instagram or this and that, it's like, it's probably not the best course of action, figuring out oh. what works well for you, play around with things. And once you find what works for you, roll with it like there's nothing wrong that your way Absolutely. of doing things is different than someone else's especially if you're continuing to work towards those goals that you have oh i love i love how you just put that not you know comparing me to brent fikowski that's fantastic i'll take that compliment all day long us tall big guys gotta stand together um but what what works well for you numbers works well for me i love my numbers i love manipulating the data to see what does work what doesn't work um, how I like this or just what's going to happen, you know, learning from there. But so numbers works for me, but numbers may not work for you. Uh, my wife and I are always having that conversation, you know, how much did you get in to eat or what did you go from here? I'll live and die by my macros. I know I'm going to hit right at it or I want to go 10 grams over if I need to recover. She's just like, yeah, I, uh, I ate today or, uh, you know, oh, I had a, 
a little extra dessert because I felt like it, but now I'm in a good mood and then go in a good mood goes into the next day. She feels great. Um, so it's learning what works for you and that's how you keep that motivation behind it. My favorite thing is, you know, people are always asking, you know, what, what do you do that, that sec that does this, or what's the best exercise program do you think? And I'm like, well, what do you like to do? It's learning what works for you. You like to go mountain bike, go grab a bike and go mountain bike. You know, you like to lift weights. Okay. Find a lifting program or, or weights that, you know, are going to work for you. Water polo might be your thing. Go jump in a pool, go throw a ball in a net. Like what it's whatever is going to work for you is going to keep you motivated. And if you're motivated to keep going through it, you're going to stick to it. So I love how you said, you know, what works for you the whole time. Fantastic thing. Yeah. And I think that's such a, a great way to put a cap on this conversation and learn a lot from you and your journey and the idea of the spark and figuring out what that why is knowing it can change over time, hearing a little bit about your insights when it comes to your training and looking at everything from sort of this contextual view of just looking at all the different pieces that are involved and how can we change or manipulate or figure out what works best for you as an individual that'll hopefully allow you to stay nice and consistent with whatever the training methodology is, whatever your health and fitness goals are, the recovery strategies, and know that they can change over time and that's okay. Sometimes of your life, you might have a lot of time to put into the gym and fitness and other times it might be more career and family oriented. And there's nothing wrong with that and figuring out what works best for you is really the best course of action. That so, fantastic recap. Yeah. Try really to just summarize it all. That you're going to cut me off now, but uh, well, yeah, I was gonna absolutely. Say, that's a great cap to it. Yeah. And I was going to say, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to get a chance to catch up and hear how things are going in your neck of the woods over there uh, and, and staying connected really on the, on the myology teeth. Well, I really appreciate this opportunity. This is a lot of fun. We'll have to do more conversations. I know it's always nice when you get like-minded folks who, you know, are very interested and intrigued by similar things. Uh, Cause like you said, we could probably talk for hours, but this is a good stopping point for maybe part one of our hey, conversations. So there we go. So, there we go. I'm going to have to learn a bunch of mindset things from you. You said that that's your forte of what you like to learn. So we'll have to have conversations on that. So then I can get to learn from you a lot more. I'm, I'm always down to have those conversations. So. Sounds perfect. All right. Well, take care, Thomas. Thank you very much.